0: Hello, Robert. Hey. Good evening, Jonathan. I'm very well, thanks. You? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. I sound a bit more chipper. I just edited our last show. i sounded. Like it was a bit dour. <laughs> what was it? I, I it was, really struggled last week. We were both both at a very... Uh, a low ebb. Yeah. Biorhythms. All oh, my biorhythms. Yeah. That's what they uh that's what I always used to cuz there used to be an app for um Spectrum when you bought a Spectrum yeah 32 or whatever it was yeah. um the ZX Spectrum it always used to come with uh educational tapes that, you know programs that you could load and I remember it always came with the with the Hobbit but then yeah. it came with a load of other programs and one of them was called biorhythms mm-hmm. um where you could detect your own natural biorhythm so I've always called my mute, my mood fluctuations, biorhythms, but apparently it's just called depression. <laughs> I think you can call it whatever you want, John. I think biorhythms is a better word for it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I've, I've managed to tie myself to my um, – I've lashed myself to my mast. Uh, right. Well, when I say la- that, with, um, with headphone cord and a microphone, I'm now trapped. Okay. That's what I was trying to untangle myself from. I see. Um, not doing very well. Uh, hang on, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna unplug. Right, your your mic stand resonates beautifully. I know it's that's nice. Try not to dong it.
1: <laughs> we'll put your trousers back on.
0: <laughs> uh, welcome to North v South, the podcast that is and isn't about design. This is episode ninety seven, and I am John Ellerman and the other voice is. Rob Turpin. Here I am. Good evening. <laughs> uh, hi, John. Hi. Have you got a drink? I have. I've got a legendary Tanglefoot. That's, that's a bold claim, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I it's guess that's a, their claim, not yours. It's a badger beer, mm. of which I'm rather fond. And... um I do like Tanglefoot. I don't normally have it, but my wife's bought me them. They do make a lot of golden beers, don't they, there?
1: Yeah, they do. I quite like them. Yeah. I love
0: a bit of Dorsetshire. really mm. Right.
1: I've got some Rioja.
0: Oh, nice. I'm off the beer. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a good alternative, isn't it? Hmm. Not too shabby. Very good. So, what have you been up to this week, John? It's on your desk? Um... Well, I've been quite busy. I've got a new design project.
1: So unlike you.
0: I know. Uh, no, I've got a new, a new design project, which is very challenging. Right. More, more so than normal, actually, because I'm working for a, a married couple uh-huh. who are in business together and they do like to bicker on the phone. While I'm listening in, but the, uh, one of their hand, you know, they put their hand over the uh, yeah over the mouthpiece, <laughs> and there's a lot of that kind of muffled uh, uh, discussion going. Can I on. ask what kind of a business it is that they've it's, got? It's it's wedding related. Oh yeah, um and uh yeah, it's uh it's very interesting. There's somebody else involved in it who is a brand guru. Yeah. It gets more and more interesting. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I kicked off that project and they went away for a week. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, and I've got three weeks to turn around a website. So I uh, wasn't best pleased, but there we ah. go. Um, yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's always uh, interesting. Uh, kicking off new stuff and it's yeah. a new brand. They haven't got any brand, um, any assets whatsoever.
1: Uh, and, are so- you designing the brand?
0: No, but it, well, no. I am now, aren't I? Because they haven't got any <laughs> but content got logo, whatsoever. They've got just, a logo, which they're right. now changing. Um, yeah, it's, it's been painful week, but I think we're getting somewhere. It's just that now I'm a week behind schedule. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, <clears throat> I've been deep in developing that and, um, doing all sorts of designs. I use, um, I'm using Adobe XD more and more. I mean, I'm pretty much in it all the time now. i well, only not an good Illustrator or anything. That. Yeah, I really like it. It's very basic, um, and it doesn't even do things that you'd have thought a web design package would do, like hover states on buttons. Mm. It doesn't. No, <laughs> it's pathetic. But actually, do you know what? When you're doing, when you're um, prototyping really quickly, you don't mm. really need that. Until you're predominantly
1: own... what it's for, prototyping. Rather yeah, than I think me. so. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: they're, they're they're trying to add all sorts of bells and whistles on it. Um, but I just use the very basics. I, I literally use it like a very uh very quick keynote kind of okay. system. But you can um you can then hook up little you can show menus working and stuff like that and then send them little um prototypes okay. um just with a link and yep. it works really, really well. So I, I I really like it. I'd like to get rid of all the other I don't really use any of the other apps now. Um and I've... Up, what have I done? Oh, yeah, this week I upgraded to... Um,
1: yes, didn't you just? Catalina.
0: Catalina, which I don't normally do, but I really wanted to try Sidecar with this web development thing. So Sidecar is their new technology. Um, we talked about a uh, Astro,
1: Astro... Astropad.
0: Yeah, they made a little chip that you could put in your a little dongle. No, that maybe. wasn't
1: Astropad, was it? Ah, who There's was There's another that? company, yeah, that made that. It called
0: the Luna, wasn't it?
1: Yes. I that so it was, was pad like so that still then? I thought they were different companies. Maybe not. Um, Yeah, so little things so that you can use your iPad as a second screen or to mirror the screen on your iMac or extend your screen
0: and use it as a Cintiq type Yeah, I can't see the use of that because why not just use an iPad app that's going to be much better off? i tell um, you
1: why. Because it's getting huge love, a sidecar, from uh, kind of comic people. Oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, because it's quicker. It works better than those other uh, tools if you want to kind of use Photoshop or Click Studio Paint or things like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: But I've been just using it as a second screen, so you can push the preview um, over to the side. It oh, okay. appears on your iPad. You don't even have to have it plugged in. It's wireless. Yeah. And then so I can have the full screen for designing and then have that screen off to the side. Um, as a secondary screen that's really that it's awesome, previewing it? at, at live yeah. at live state. And, and it's fabulous. Really, really cool. Um, yeah, love that. Love that feature. I'm not sure I'd use it for anything else. I don't think I'd want to get involved in Photoshop. Is it, Photoshop yeah. isn't designed to take a pressure sensitive. <coughs> I, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I don't I'll, I'll wait for their, their <coughs> next year. It's coming out, isn't it? Um,
1: why did you upgrade? Did you upgrade just for that? I'm amazed
0: yeah. you've gone, you know... Version 1.0. I, I know. I just wanted to try it on this project, and you never know when you're going to get another yeah project. <laughs> one of the <laughs> so one of the I'll other try.
1: things I was going to include in the news was a, a list of things that won't work if you upgrade Catalina. Or them. Yeah,
0: there's a, I've got. I opened up Illustrator, and all the plugins are broken on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell you what, I really don't like is it's turned into Windows with a million warning screens.
1: Well, that's apparently one of the things that's going to get ironed out. Right. Yeah, which is one of the reasons I haven't upgraded.
0: No, I wouldn't bother. There's nothing. I can't notice anything interesting. <clears throat> it.
1: But everything you need to do works fine. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I like I say I'm only really playing around in that one program and then the rest mm. is code, so it doesn't really. It's just a text editor, isn't it, at the end of yeah. the day? Um. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Been playing around with that. Uh, that was a real segue, wasn't it? Um. What else have we been doing? Yeah. Um, uh, I've been reading, I'm reading, I'm reading that one of the Anne Leckie books. I started reading yeah, the, first the first ancillary one. Yeah, ancillary Enjoying justice. It. Not sure about the whole, um, the weird sort of uh, gender stuff. thing. Yeah. I think that gets in the way of this. I don't know, maybe it develops. But it takes, it's a, bit it a, takes a bit of getting used to. Yeah. Um, but I I really like the. It's very uh, Ian Thanks. Banks. It is. Yeah. And yeah, enjoy that. Uh, and yeah. I'm also reading a really brilliant book um, that was recommended to me. And it's called Quartered Safe Out Here. And it's by George MacDonald Fraser. I don't know if you've read any of his old no. his Flashman books. I haven't. Which are fantastic, which take the Tom Brown school mm. boy. Um, uh, school days. Yeah, the, the bully from there yes. is called Flashman. And it kind of just is a life lots of series of books about his life history so it's kind of like cross between sharp and bond and um, yeah uh, it, they are brilliant books but this is his time in burma um fighting as a private in the um i think he's in the 14th division fight yeah fighting the japanese yeah it's fantastic oh wow really enjoying that and um, you mentioned in your note there octopusy yeah he wrote this screenplay oh uh, okay for octopusy yeah that's it's the only changing. Bond film I've never seen. That's terrible. I mean, right. it's, well, it's got there Roger go, Moore then. in a white suit in a in yeah. a in a um, a crocodile submarine. Of course, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. That's when Bond was great, wasn't it? Just <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, I've been carrying on Succession. Um, I'm now reading lots of reviews, good reviews about it. Um, it is one of the best things I've ever seen on telly. Mm. Really recommend it. And also not so good, but <laughs> really enjoying it in a kind of uh, picking at a scab. Is yeah. that BBC Two interior design competition? Yes. I can't remember what it's called. Um, uh,
1: interior design masters,
0: something like that. It's They're hilarious, but, aren't they? It's brilliant. Really love it. It's yeah. just full of the kind of um, just amazing ego behavior from people who have no place yeah. <laughs> for that kind of arrogance. But actually, the kid that I was talking about a couple of weeks ago has had, you know, literally had it beaten out of him and got to the final. And he turned out he was all right in the end. He, yeah, wasn't, he absolutely. wasn't that bad. Yeah. Did you watch it as well? I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, he was the only one who really learnt from his experience, I think. Um, yes, quite a bright guy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He, he always came back, didn't he? With the when they were kind of debriefing them or critiquing them, and he he always seemed like he'd taken on
0: board what they'd said. But it is a little bit like they're not really interior designers, are they? They're not. No. <laughs> They're not. Um, but, you know, it's fun. I, I re- really recommend it if you haven't watched it. Mm. And the other one I watched, a brilliant film on, so I'm going on and on, no, BBC4. No, no, no. There's a film, I think it might be an older older film, but it's called just called Spitfire. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just, no, it's brand new, I think. Uh, and it's just plain porn. Half yeah. of it is like high definition of slow-mos of Spitfire's flying, which, you know, to any kid growing up in the 70s is, you know, absolute pleasure to watch hmm. but um also a brilliant film about the history of the building and the people that not only flew it in anger but also flew it um for maintenance and stuff so it's got a lot about the women in uh, who who flew the spitfires and um I can't remember what they were called but they were like the uh service crew
1: yeah i'm gonna to have to watch that it got recommended <laughs> oh, so by a few good. people over on twitter as well
0: yeah. so uh, just watch it to the end about the uh one of the women who is still alive. She was 99 at the time of filming um, and her relationship with the Spitfire. is brilliant. Cool. Uh, yeah. Up to you. Over to you, sir. Well, I've been inktobering. <laughs> <laughs> As of you. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you missed that bit out. I didn't mention it.
1: <laughs> yours are really good. I like yours a lot. Oh, doing thanks. your illuminated letters and your creation myth. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, inktobering. That's all I've been doing almost. Uh, they take me so long, John. It yeah. almost makes me cry.
0: Genuinely <laughs> they're, does. They're very, I, very. They're very detailed. They, they You've got thirty-one of these.
1: know I, I get halfway through and I think I'll, w- I'll, I'll ease off this one. I, I will put in the detail and then, you know, an hour later I'm still drawing bricks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I've got a mixed relationship with my drawings at the minute. I kind of half hate them, but you know, they're okay.
0: You're getting, I think they're fantastic. I think that the project is brilliant. I think you're absolutely mad. But yeah. I think it's, um, yeah, you've got, uh, it's, uh, I think they're fantastic. It'll look,
1: thank you. It'll look really nice as a whole when they're done. Uh, and I think I'll pick the best 20 or 25 or something and colour them and stick them on a a print for the shop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I've been doing that. Uh, I've been listening to podcasts while I've been drawing. So okay. I've been listening to the No Ideas podcast. Now, someone recommended that to me. Was it's it you? Not, not me. Not no, you. I've never heard of it. Is I, it good? Maybe I just saw it on Twitter. So there's a couple of, uh, I think they're predominantly illustrators or designers. One of them does lots of, uh, a guy called Dan Walters and Anthony Peters. can't remember which is which. One of them does uh, lots of kind of animal print illustrations that you see kind of all over the place in liberties and on clothes and stuff. And the other, I think runs a, a design studio. Um, and they, each episode they talk to, uh, someone in the creative arts. So they talk to, uh, Anthony Burrell and they talk to, Oh, what's the guy's name? Sewell. That,
0: oh yeah. And Matt, uh, Sewell, the Matt bird, Sewell, the bird artist. Does bird things. Oh, yeah. he's great, isn't he?
1: Yeah. And they're they're both, the first episode they talk to each other, like we did uh, interview each other and talk about kind of where they're, you know, where they've come from and everything. Uh, And their latest episode, which I haven't listened to yet, is uh, Aaron Draplin. Oh, okay. So they talk to some really good people. And it's really nice because it's quite in-depth. So it's an hour of them basically interviewing someone. Uh, So they're really nice. Another podcast is an artist called uh, Michael Statham that I follow on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and he started podcast, and it's a very sort of low key personal podcast. And each episode is only sort of fifteen, twenty minutes, and it's him talking about kind of what inspires him and how he gets through sort of artist blocks and how he struggles with imposter syndrome. And but he's one of those guys. I, his his voice really, really reminds me of someone famous and I can't can't quite work out who but it's one of those podcasts that's just really nice to listen to it's just mixed of them talking but he's got a really nice voice so you just kind of melt into it a little bit and it's a really nice thing to listen to while you're working
0: but not many people do solo podcasts do they? No, it's How usually it two
1: middle aged white guys isn't it? <clears throat> <laughs> uh, no but they don't there aren't many Solo podcasts.
0: Michael Statham. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, so that's very good. I recommend that. Studio o, So It's uh, or Studio. Oh. In the end, it's Studio. Oh. Yeah, end. Studio. Um. What else I've been doing? I've just the last couple of days. I've, I follow someone called Eleanor Crow, uh, who's an illustrator. I follow her on Twitter, and then on the BBC they've got uh, an article about a book that's coming out. That she's done, and she's got an exhibition, and it's um, she's illustrated kind of classic London shop fronts. Yeah, so kind of fish restaurants, <clears throat> and cafes, and uh, like a jelly deal place, and a record shop, and and they're really beautiful watercolor illustrations. Yeah, and I absolutely love them. The type is beautifully painted. And they're just fab, really evocative.
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been drooling over her work this week. All ah, right. Uh, the well kind of David McKee look. style oh, I illustrations. Don't know. I don't think I know David McKee. Uh, you know, um, Mr. Ben. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David McKee. Is that right? Yeah. Might be. I, I've always got names wrong. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure we used her stuff as an inspiration when we did the soda shop fronts. Oh, okay. I'm um, sure I looked at her. She'd be doing this a long time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah yeah i'm pretty sure yeah looks at that stuff uh yeah no that's that looks like a um gorgeous brilliant, uh, exhibition to go to it's on in mm. the um where is it on it uh, somewhere in spitalfields right
1: uh it is yeah east london somewhere let me look get yourself down here if you're a londoner Tanner gallery yeah. in spitalfields till nice. october 20th just watch out for the whipper. <laughs> 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 ah <laughs> Marvellous, I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been doing this week. Okay. Oh, and we've got a woodpecker nesting
0: in our garden. Oh.
1: Well, in the ash that how many? How many woodpeckers, garden. Chuck? Uh, how many woodpeckers does a woodpecker woodpeck? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just the one. Has it
0: has it hollowed out some other poor bird's nest and uh, eaten their children? Because it does like doing that, doesn't it? I know, it? that's
1: what I'm worried about, because we've got a bird box, which we had blue tits in this year. So I'm going to have to get, you can get like a... A metal sort of cap that you put around the hole in a wooden bird box to stop woodpeckers gaining access. But that Uh, would be amazing
0: if you had babies. Yeah, baby woodpeckers would be great, wouldn't they? Yeah.
1: But it's literally, we've seen it in the garden every day this week at one of those fat-filled coconuts. And then uh, I went out to the garden today and I saw it fly away up into the, the ash over our garden. And then it just ducked in this freshly dug out hole <laughs> So, marvellous. There you go. That's my
0: week. Mm-hmm. News. Yes. Have you got one lined up, ready to go?
1: Well, because Inktober is uh, sucking me dry of inspiration, I've decided I'm ordering 400 gallons of uh, Idea Mist room spray. <laughs> right. From the pretend store.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, $22. Uh, out of ideas, look no further. Just spray this mist generously in the areas where you do your thinking and breathe deeply to let the ideas permeate your body and mind. A special and natural formulated scent to get you going when your mind is melting. <laughs> uh, there you go. And it contains bergamot, yuzu, clary sage, and sandalwood.
0: Mm-hmm. A smell, but it smells so, nice. them, They
1: also do uh, a deadlines candle. <laughs> to uh, to remind
0: both ends, it's an olfactory
1: reminder that you've got a deadline fast approaching. There <laughs> right. you go. There's some quite nice stuff on there. Then pretendstore.co. And they do kind of office bits and pieces, and they do fonts as well, and all sorts of little design yeah, very eclectic. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, so I'm having some of that.
0: <laughs> what about you? An article in mainstream media about a designer, which again is quite a rare thing. Um, Mirko Bosch, mm. a designer who loves a bit of fluorescent um, and isn't afraid to talk his mind, speak his mind, I should yeah. say. Um, he has uh, an article in The Guardian about him and his work and they sort of make him out to be a bit of a, um, a bit of a rebel. I think he's just a single-minded designer who doesn't care about criticism that yeah. doesn't come from a client. And we've been talking increasingly about this, where um, you know the sort of the reviews of logos and the sort of the ongoing criticism of rebrands, etc., yeah. is so totally and utterly irrelevant. Um, well,
1: certainly the in some ways in design, the opinion of your peers is the least relevant. Yeah. opinion isn't it it's the yeah. client and their audience
0: yeah it's almost as irrelevant as the client's opinion isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> but um there's a nice quote in there which is about him working with Nike and he says that his favorite client which is it's quite surprising isn't it but mm. uh, there's a really good attitude in there that I want to pick out which is um you know company he says that companies ask you know why why are Nike so far ahead of us and he says, well, you know why? Because they trust the people they're working with. They actually let you just get on with it. Um, uh, and he says that, um, you know, if leaving the logo off works, then great. They don't really care as long as the designer is, is pushing their brand forward. And, uh, he says, you know, if you look at European brands, most of them are stuck in the eighties and nineties mm. way of marketing, which is about having your logo on it. You do the same things over and over again. And they haven't realised that nobody nobody is interested in advertising anymore, <laughs> and it's a really really uh, salient point. Yeah. Um. And you know he do he recently redesigned the face logo, and he said he knew he was going to get an absolute pasting for whatever he wanted to do, but he um you know he just ignore, ignores it because it is irrelevant. He at the end of the day he's delivering the logo to the audience and to the um to the owners of that magazine. Yeah. And I think that a lot of designers could remember that and have that confidence in their own work, that that's what they're doing. They're delivering to somebody else, not for a public forum. Exactly. Uh, Whereas I wanted to flip that on on its head with the Yahoo's latest thing, which again I think you touched on a couple of weeks ago, um, that they were doing a, a logo, a new logo for thirty days, designing a new logo. Oh
1: no! Did we I, talk about I that? Knew or or were, we, I we knew they were. I knew they were. I
0: think we mentioned it in passing, but I didn't know about a thirty days thing. <clears throat> so they designed thirty logos, which was just you know, it's a pathetic parade of these silly logos that generates a bit of um, yeah publicity and then the last one comes out and it's just like a slow a slight iteration on the previous logo it doesn't matter the the brand is dead isn't it like yahoo is a dead brand exactly and whatever you do to it you're you know you are smearing a shit lipstick on a dead gorilla <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the other thing that I, when i was reading about this was um and and that's a company who's just doing it wrong over and over again um re, rebranding every time is not going to change the culture of your yeah. business. Um, but the other thing that I saw was on under consideration is that there's a, rev- you know, it's like a, mm. they've, they've got a news piece where they, they actually are announcing their own review of the new logo and identity for, uh, for Yahoo by, by Pentagram as if that's an event. And I just think, when did we start reviewing logos like they're LPs or like, you know,
1: <laughs> ever
0: since <laughs> under consideration's been going, it's, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, who cares and you know yeah spend some time on something else <laughs> I know it's, the work is out there it's, it's, it's living it's not going to affect it in any way shape or form people don't buy the logo it's not like a record or a film or anything like that we don't need to be reviewing it
1: yeah exactly and I, like you say it's just a, a pretty pathetic attempt by Yahoo to inject some life into their dying brand isn't it oh, I mean I don't even know what
0: Yahoo do anymore no. They did They did have Flickr, didn't they? And, and then, then they messed was up all their emails. I've had to reset the password. Was it password Flickr they to...
1: sold for a pound?
0: Yeah. Did they? I think so. Mm. Uh, yeah, sorry about that noise. That was uh, my pie arriving. Do not apologise for a pie. With some broccoli on the side. What? I know. That's like a meal, John. It is a meal, actually. Good it God. is my meal.
1: Uh, I've got um, a little video of... Sam Mendes is Sam Mendes is his new film, uh, yeah. so it's called 1917. Uh, it's about uh, two soldiers in the First World War, and there's there's elements of Gallipoli about it. The mm-hmm. film Gallipoli, so the soldiers have to deliver a message to another battalion or something because they're just about to march into a trap or something, and right. one of the soldiers' brother is in. It's a, this battalion, so they have to race against time to try and deliver this message to stop them all dying. Uh, but the unusual—I th- mean, the film—it's the trailer itself looks brilliant. And what you when you watch the kind of uh, official trailer, you might not realise one that the film is shot effectively in real time, and okay. two that the two main characters are in shot all the time. So it's as if they've filmed the whole film with one camera following these two characters. Okay. Um, and it's an incredible sort of feat of filmmaking, I think. The, the trailer itself looks incredible, but when you watch how they've, how they've gone about filming it and kind of what they're trying to achieve by it, it's just, um, I think it's going to be really quite special. Um, they say, they talk about the fact that kind of having those characters in shot all the time and kind of the camera follows them and pans around them, it gives you this kind of sense of being there that you wouldn't get from any other way of filming. Um, but, yeah, it looks great. I can't wait to see it. I think it comes Yeah, I'll, be,
0: I'll probably be fidgeting all the way through that film with that. Uh- <laughs>
1: what
0: it's just, a bit historical inaccuracy oh yeah it? no it's hard isn't it it's like watching the bridge too far yeah just the story it's it's just like isn't that Band of isn't that um, Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan? Ryan as well yeah. um, and and the fact is that most soldiers who especially privates had no absolutely no idea what was going on mm. outside their section so um, but I talking of Gallipoli I haven't I haven't spoke I've seen that for ages but that's it's a Peter, great film. Peter Weir film right yeah I, I love the poster of that, and I love that film. It's just fantastic. So if there's yeah. anything like that, then um, you know, sign me up. I haven't seen the the um, the preview for it. Well, yeah, I love, that, I love oh, those. Yeah. I love that kind of that thing of um, of single shot films. There's Rope, isn't there, by um, Hitchcock? Is was that done? One. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. I don't think so. I think that's a single shot film. Yeah. They ran it when he runs out of film, he just sort of pans into someone's back, or uh, yeah, goes yeah. into black, and then yeah. it comes out again but it's not as technically uh, challenging as a First World War film.
1: No, with lots of extras yeah, and explosions.
0: I, I, oh, I'm going to have a look at that.
1: Yeah, it does look great.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, what else have you got,
0: John? Oh, don't ask me. I haven't got very much this week, i oh, Do you want me to go, go again? Um, I've, got stupid, um, <laughs> oh, I've got a stupid Kickstarter. Oh, I've got stupid Kickstarter as well. Oh, let's, well, let's do those. Let's... Um, this one's called Typekit. Kit. Okay. Uh, it's a um, a mashup of football jerseys, inspired and influenced by famous typefaces designers and typographers. Right. I don't know why. It's an Amer- it's an American actually, so it's very strange. Uh, it's been picked up by Four Four Two magazine. They've yeah. already had a look at it. Um, well, maybe it maybe isn't. They're very uh, nicely done.
1: Actually. I've got to say, it. they're really nice. <laughs>
0: But who's going to really wear a football slash... You've got a very niche market of football-loving graphic designers. Yeah, I just wish they were a bit more plain. Yeah. Well, would you wear them then? No. (laughs) Who's going to wear Team Helvetica? Yeah. Anyway, so... If you had to choose one, which would you go for? Comic Sans. I thought you were going to say that. (laughs) Well, it would have to be uh, Johnston, wouldn't it? But that's the worst looking one. It's is it? awful, really hideous. Yeah, it's not not. not anyway, Futura is quite nice. The journey they're halfway there. Are they? Twenty three hours to go. I okay. don't think it's going to happen. Right.
1: Let me. Uh, I'll do my stupid Kickstarter, and then we'll talk a little bit about Kickstarter as well. Uh, so Kickstarter, Dracula, the evidence. Oh. So uh, the book Dracula by Bram Stoker is. Uh, do you mean
0: Dracula? Dracula.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, is written, uh, what's the technical term for it? It's all a series of letters and journal entries and the epistolary. Oh, I don't
0: know. Epistolary, that would sound right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, that's how the novel is written. Letters to and from Jonathan Harker and Mina Harker. And there's uh, other kind of bits of writing in there that are kind of, you know, it's not. Are you taking the epistle, man? Aye. Um, So, anyway, this Kickstarter, which is currently on £46,500 out of £114,491. That's ambitious. Yeah. (laughs) They're recreating the novel as the material that it was written in. So, there are letters, maps, journals, there's a phonograph record... It's all the found documents, newspaper articles, that the the book is kind of made up of, uh, and it's presented in a briefcase. Um, and it's really quite strange. Um, there is a version. There's there's a couple of versions of the the <laughs> thing. There's an archive edition which comes in like like a kind of a nineteen twenties looking suitcase. Yeah. And then there's the the immortal edition which comes in something that looks a little bit like a casket. Yeah. Uh, uh there's also the entombed the entombed edition which is the casket in like a marble coffin. <coughs> uh but have you seen how much it is? No. The uh the entombed
0: edition is $2000. Right. Tempted? No. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a beautiful object, but how about just making one of them and just making yeah. it into an art piece? It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, really strange. It's not even a game or anything. No. It'd be a great game, wouldn't it, to discover yes. where Dracula is. Um, the problem about, the problem with Dracula, obviously the appeal with Dracula is, you know, you don't even have to go into it, but it's not actually a particularly good book. It's <laughs> so, not very interesting. No, it's, it's, um, Adult. Yeah, he wasn't a great writer, but it's a great story. Five people have bought
1: that two thousand yeah. dollar entombed edition. Uh so the other thing about Kickstarter
0: is yeah. uh They don't seem to be a nice company to work for. Oh really? What another internet company are a bunch of wankers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh the staff as This seems to be happening at quite a few tech companies at the minute. The staff of Kickstarter are trying to organise a union. Uh, And Kickstarter are not only saying they won't recognise any union, they've sacked the two employees that were key to the organising of that union. Okay. Um, So there's been a lot on social media about you should boycott Kickstarter and don't use them and everything. And the people who are organ- trying to organise this union, the Kickstarter, I think it's called Kickstarter Unite, this kind of campaign, they're basically saying, don't boycott Kickstarter because you'll, ha- uh, you'll only harm the people who are creating the projects. And, you know, there's some great people creating great projects. Um, so, yeah, so we kind of wait to see what happens. The, the CEO seems adamant that they're not going to recognise any union. Which doesn't really bode well, I think, for the people who work there. But I've seen quite a bit of this. There's been some uh, game development companies, video game companies that where the employees have tried to organise unions and the uh, companies have kind of come down hard on them. So it's, I, you know, there's this kind of thing about tech companies, you know, all having, you know, slides in their office and posh coffee makers and, you know, they allow you... of your working week to work on your next Kickstarter project or whatever. But uh, the reality seems to be that they're they're just not necessarily that nice to work for. Obviously, uh, some some will be lovely, but yeah. So it's maybe just uh, have a think and do a bit of research before you start. Uh, Backing companies, either with your money or your loyalty...
0: Yeah, because this is essentially a taxation company, isn't it? They are literally taxing the hell out of any bit of creativity Mm. that is going on. And yeah, I'm perfectly aware of that. But I think for it to, um, as a concept, you know, the new sort of crowdsourcing thing, I'm I'm a real fan of because I think that it allows people to try things that they would never in their wildest dreams have the chance to do to create new businesses. But if the underlying system that is running it is... Uh, a little bit, uh, let's say, um, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, Un- unpleasant, then uh, that's not a good thing, is it? No. There are plenty more crowdsourcing people out there.
1: There are. I don't know. if The other big one, obviously, is Indiegogo, isn't it? Um, I don't know if that's, uh, if that's any different. Ethically speaking. I don't know. Hmm uh have you got some other news there Jonathan not
0: really no oh, come on scraping the barrel there a bit really um no I'm done um mm-hmm. what, what have you got uh what have I got um well
1: we like whiskey right have you ever wanted a whiskey but have been too lazy to pour yourself a glass so have not had the whiskey?
0: Yeah, I just pour it out of the bottle into my mouth. Straight
1: into your mouth, yeah. Well, <laughs> luckily for you, yeah. John, Glenlivet oh, yeah. have uh, have got your back on this one because they are make You know, washing machine, I think they call them in America tidal pods, tide right. pods, those yeah. little gelatinous uh, packets of oh, yeah. washing gel. The Glenlivet are doing that for whiskey. So you can buy... Uh, different versions of their whiskey, then calling it the capsule collection, and
0: they're described as
1: glassless cocktails.
0: Oh, okay. So they're like an agarve sort of yeah. seal around the edge of it. Yes. Okay.
1: Um. Yes, there you go. 23 milliliters of whiskey uh, nice. in a casing made from seaweed extract.
0: Oh, sounds good. Sign does me it, up. Does it? <laughs> really? Are you a I fan? Don't know. No, well, but... um. It, as long as they're not trying to make out that they're saving the world by doing it or something. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going for that. Um, but, uh, it just sounds bizarre, doesn't it? What, when What's I the whole the,
1: thing about smelling the the whiskey yes. before you?
0: Well, put you it need water in it, don't you? Anyway, you shouldn't really. You you need you need a tiny bit of water to touch whiskey.
1: A threat, as they say,
0: is that it. I
1: have a whiskey and a
0: threat because otherwise the oils do not. Get released. Mm. So, uh, just you can prove it to yourself. Just try whiskey with or without water, and the smell of whiskey with water is much, much stronger. Um, so, you need it, don't you? So, that's just going to go in your mouth, and you're going to have this weird sort of seaweedy plastic bit in your mouth as well. Yeah. When so, I to-
1: they're, th- they're eff- I guess, they're effectively cocktails. So, Oh, are they? They've, there's other stuff in there, but the mm, citrus, wood, and spice are the three different flavors.
0: Oh God, it's not a whiskey that's particularly uh, notable, is it? But no. the um, when I went to I went to Heston Blumenthal's Fat Duck, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, amuse bouche in our multi course tasting was um a little I saw them coming round the restaurant as we were eating and I thought, what's that is like a is that a different menu or whatever? It was a little picture frame. Yeah. And in the picture frame was a picture of Scotland and then a little tiny bit of America. And stuck to the picture to the glass were little, you know, like cola bottles. But these yes. were whiskey shaped bottles. And so um they were They were made out of the whiskies all around Scotland. And then there was a little bourbon one in the corner with America sticking. So he (laughs) got there first. He got there first. And do you know what? They were absolutely delicious. (laughs) But it was wonderful going up, you know, the East Coast and then down the West Coast and trying different smokiness and stuff.
1: That does sound good, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Something else vaguely uh, culinary. Oh, yeah. Star Wars. Oh, have God. partnered I saw this with Le Creuset.
0: of course it's so, a La it's, it's a perfect brand partnership Perveille is a very expensive cookware oh yeah so if you're not from Europe then I don't know do they get them in America oh I'm sure they get them in America yeah they're just cast iron pots basically yeah very
1: expensive very nice uh, yes yeah, so you can get um, a BB-8 one an R2-D2 I'll one a C-3PO over. and there's a Millennium Falcon one and
0: there's a Darth Vader that's what I want. Uh casserole pot. Oh yes. What kind of casserole do you think Darth Vader ate?
1: Oh, oh I don't know.
0: I wish I thought of a gag there, John, <laughs> before we
1: before we went to this item. Yeah. Uh you think of a gag. Right. <laughs> cut it in. Do you know of uncleftish beholding?
0: Uh only in the shower if I drop the soap. <laughs> Weirdly, it struck me as something that you would know about. Okay, go Because
1: it's about the English language. Uh, Paul Anderson, uh, science fiction writer, uh, in 1989 wrote a short text uh, which is a, written in a form of pure English. So it uses words almost exclusively of Germanic origin. So it takes out all the Latin, Greek and French influences. Right. Uh, and I haven't read through this whole thing, but it, it begins, it talks about, or it's a bit of prose talking about kind of the structure of matter. So the first stuffs have their beings as motes called unclefts. These are mighty small. One seed weight of water stuff holds a tail of them, like unto two followed by 22 noughts. Most unclefts link together to make what are called bulk bits. Thus, the water stuff bulk bit bestands of two water stuff unclefts. The sour stuff bulk bit of two sour stuff unclefts, and so on. Uh, and it's remarkable how different language sounds with those bits taken out, and how just how uh, how kind of f- I guess foreign sounding it is, and how exotic sounding the the way the words are put together.
0: Okay. So what is he describing elements? He is, yeah. Um well it's interesting. I don't know but language never existed in that in that sort uh no. solo state, did it? So No, no, absolutely. He's he's
1: imagining a uh, an English that was never influenced by other languages, I think. Yeah. Um but yeah, it struck me as very interesting. Hmm. I like all the way he's He's, it's. I mean, it sounds like a science fiction novel, doesn't it? Unclefts and...
0: Yeah, they're good words. First stuff. Bits. Yeah, really Bolt good. bits sound like a um, really big bag of bacon bits that I They do loved. a bit, don't they? Yeah, or pork yeah. scratching. Yeah. Um, no, I think that... Uh, well, I don't know. Why is he doing it? What's going on? I don't know.
1: I mean, it was 30 years ago, so... Oh, right. I don't Nin- know why these 1989? Sort of... Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Doesn't How... 30 years ago. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, soothly we live
1: in mighty years. Yeah. Have you got, uh, some more news or do you want to skip to, uh, um, website of the
0: week or? Um, I could do, well, we could do, um, there was one thing that, um, struck me was, um, a, a thing in a website called type room. Um, and, it was talking about the uh, man, uh, design manchester which we spoke about last episode yeah um it was a really nice it's a really nice website actually i've only just discovered it type room yeah it um, nice. it's strap line is glorifying eclectic typography whatever that means but um it's it's an article um the title of which is with extinction rebellion Asher and more design manchester is smarter and angrier than ever and we did mention last year that design it would be good if design became a bit more angry, yeah, and um this is an article that sort of talks about about that with oh. some examples of work which strangely is quite dated uh some of its old old stuff yeah but, um it's kind of a call to arms really for designers to uh to rise up, but when when the mainstream and all of the uh, alternatives are uh, disappointing in this country, where do you turn to? Oh, I know. I mean, a lot of British designers are turning to Bernie Sanders, aren't they? Or that you know mm. they sort of flocking to him because he sort of seems to be a uh, a, uh, a magnet that, that 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 their liberalism reflects. And yeah. But the anger is is not here in no. this country. I think they're
1: flocking to the wrong... They're backing the wrong horse in that race, aren't they? If they're going to what?
0: Bernie Sanders. Well, there's absolutely no way he'll be voted in with, with not trouble.
1: Um, no. I was just looking at this, though. Can angry design look sophisticated? Or does it always have to have that kind of punk, homemade slap together feel about it.
0: Well, that's a really good point because where is the angriness of, say, the Labour Party in opposition to um the possibly yeah. the the most uh the e I don't know, against an opposition that as as left wingers they should be absolutely stamping on the throat of. There's absolutely nothing and no messaging coming out that that is trying to reflect that anger. no
1: it's an absolute mess maybe that's maybe that's why British designers are, are looking elsewhere for a message to kind of get behind because you know the opposition politics in this country is so you know ineptly led at the minute right next <laughs> I haven't got a website of the week. But there's always this, there's
0: always this kind of, there's a tension, isn't there, between producing commercial work and making a point. And it's, brands have become very clever at being able to utilize that kind of angry or um, edgy kind of design feel. Without actually saying anything, yeah. Uh, there's uh, there was something being tweeted about. I didn't really s- was it confused com or one of those or only uh, compare that we're using a kind of um, really cheap advertising model. Did you see Google that? Compare? I think yeah, yeah. Um, but that just, is them uh, just jumping on that bandwagon, isn't it? It's not it actually doing anything. It's just <clears> taking that that look. Mm. Um, but
1: where you uh, say that, that the company's... You know, kind of taking on that vocabulary, but not actually saying anything. It's it's kind of worse than that, at the minute, isn't it? Because there's a thing in the news this week about uh, Activision Blizzard, the video games company, have banned some gamers for showing solidarity with um, the Hong Kong protests, and also I think someone got thrown out of a baseball game for holding up a pro Hong Kong protest sign and it's big brands are going to become even less likely to to kind of be outspoken about anything <clears throat> if the whole weight of the chinese government and its economic might is is held against them
0: but equally the space that they're trying to advertise in and say America is equally mm. uh, as dangerous for <clears> for a um, a large corporation. They're just never going to be brave, are they? No. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I think that if you are supporting a protest in another country, and you're, was this a baseball game in America? I think so. Yeah. I said, oh my god.
1: Yeah. What's the but, world coming be, to? Well, that's it, isn't it? Because a baseball com- a baseball team is a huge uh, multi billion-dollar franchise quite often. Yeah. So that, you know, nothing can be outspoken about it. That's ridiculous.
0: (sighs) What a world. I know, what a world, John. Uh, Should we do pies? Should we eat some pies? Let's. Try and feel better. What have you got? Well, I've got a steak and ale pie standard, box standard from Co-op. Oh, okay. Um, It's a big one. It's probably, you know, like a a a family-sized one. I'm not eating it the whole thing and um, it's a kind of puffy short crust pastry top with a very gelatinous sloppy interior going in oh yeah it's um it's like if the royal family had to eat fray bentos it's it's not it's not great but it's you know I think I said it last week a simple pie is not a bad thing no it's not um, um it's gonna get a five okay it's too salty. Way too salty. Okay. I have got
1: uh, a Tesco Finest steak and ale pie. Ooh la la. Topped with um, poppy seeds. Looks Gosh. very pretty. Uh, and it is thankfully hot. Um, there are no poppy seeds all over my desk. Uh, very crispy pastry. All right, bear with me a second. This looks... Blisteringly hot now. Smells good. Mmm, that is good. Very crispy pastry. Short crust. Um, quite rich gravy. Not too gelatinous. Uh, very peppery. Um, yeah, I don't know if the poppy seeds had anything flavour-wise. Um, But yeah, that's a decent pie. I'll
0: give that a... Seven. Yeah. wow, that is a good pie. God, the salt in mine is outrageous. Is it? The broccoli's nice, though. I'm going to give the broccoli eight. Eight for the broccoli. Excellent. Steamed. Mm, Looks like it. Nice. Mmm, tender stem broccoli. Lovely.
1: What what does the rest of your week and your weekend hold, Jonathan?
0: Uh, Decorating, of course. Of course. How's that going? Slowly. We were away last weekend, so okay. I didn't get a huge amount done. But, Are you uh, hanging I'm, wallpaper? I am putting lining paper up now mm. because the surface that I've stripped back to is terrible. Okay. So I've been recommended some new, new, new kind of technology. Technology for well uh, for hanging it's not, paper. It's it's not really paper. It's fibre. It's like a fibre paper, <clears throat> and it's a meter wide. Oh wow! So you can do the rooms apparently. Quicker quite quickly but we'll see cool good luck thanks what are you up to uh uh, inktober Uh,
1: (laughs) and uh we've got a wedding this weekend um but it's a local one so nothing much really wedding Mm. inktober drawing
0: pretty much it yeah which is fine that sounds good and i'll be on woodpecker watch (laughs) Um, well, best of luck with, um, with the Inktober. Thank you very much. You too. Keep, keep it up. It's brilliant. Oh, I'm loving yours as well, John. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, we will um, catch up in a
1: couple. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheerio, John. Goodbye. Bye.